The What Would It Take podcast is co-produced by Anabaptist World and me, Ben Tapper. The views expressed here are my own and do not necessarily represent the official positions of Anabaptist World. To learn more, visit anabaptistworld.org. As you may have guessed, I'm Ben Tapper, host of the What Would It Take podcast. Before we jump into the meat of today's episode, I thought we should get to know each other a bit first. Actually, I thought you should know a little about me in case you're wondering why you should care about anything I have to say. Whenever we're doing theological work, which for me is also justice work, I think we should start out by naming who we are. In that vein, I'm a biracial black man who is college educated, middle class, and a father. I'm a survivor of domestic violence and child abuse. I'm adopted. I was raised in the Assemblies of God Church before embracing agnosticism, exploring atheism, and ultimately finding my home as a Mennonite. My faith is colored by both process and liberation theologies with a growing influence of mysticism. Now, individually, those details might not mean much to you, but taken together, they begin to paint a picture of how I see and understand both myself and the world. As I continue to unpack who I am for you, I want to break it down into three categories, my political ideology, my theological ideology or faith, and my core values. When thinking about my political ideology, that is shaped by where I come from. The first decade of my life was defined by poverty, abuse, and neglect. I saw things that no child should ever experience. Things that I still struggle to think about and process today. I matured rapidly because I had to. And then suddenly, one day in December of 1997, my life drastically changed. I went from being abused and living in roach-infested motels and homeless shelters to being in foster care and eventually being adopted by a middle-class white family. After years that were catastrophic, the next decade of my life was pretty close to comfortable. Granted, I was still healing and still am healing from the wounds I experienced early on, but for all intents and purposes, once I got into foster care and was adopted, my life was saved. In short, I made it out, and while I'm forever thankful for that, I also know that most people whose lives start like mine did don't get adopted. They don't get to finish high school or go to college, much less earn multiple graduate degrees. I live as the exception in a world defined by rules. I'm black and biracial, and as I look back at the history of the United States, I see a repeated pattern of abuse against folks like me. A pattern that continues today, and though I live a fairly privileged life, I have experienced racism. And every now and again, I'm reminded that no matter how educated, kind, or light-skinned I am, to some folks, I will always be black, which means I will always be less than, even worse, to the system, the geopolitical system that we live in. My value is demeaned and diminished. Now, my faith and theological views are shaped by a variety of experiences. My first encounter with God happened while I was living at a homeless shelter in South Bend, Indiana. Seated in an old gymnasium turned chapel, I prayed the sinner's prayer one Sunday morning and asked God into my heart. And just as I finished saying those words, I felt something warm and intense enter my chest, and honestly, I freaked out. It was like God had heard my prayer and literally responded by entering my heart. That was my introduction to spirituality. I met God when I was at my lowest, cast off, seemingly forgotten, and headed nowhere. 
Later, I was raised in the Assemblies of God Church before eventually embracing agnosticism, exploring atheism, and ultimately finding my way as a Mennonite. While I grew up believing God was love, it wasn't until I got to college that I realized that the love that I preached wasn't practical because it said nothing of justice. So I started asking questions and deconstructing my belief system until I was left with nothing. Naturally, as an agnostic, I decided to go to seminary because, you know, that's what agnostics do, I guess. At least it's what I did. And the God that I met there is the God that came to set the oppressed free. It's the God who requires that we act justly and love mercy. It's the God who demanded that her people be freed when they were living as slaves in Egypt. Then my faith was rocked even further by a mystical experience near the end of seminary, and I realized that truth exists beyond what I can see, and I haven't been the same since. I say all of that to say that the God that I know, the God that I've struggled with and walked with for the last 23 years, that God is love, and love is liberation. As I think about what my core values are, I have to name that I believe that we all deserve to know that we matter. Too often and too many times in my life, I have doubted that, and I never want anyone else to doubt that truth about themselves. I also believe that we should do what we can to help people in need. I believe that the truth is worth discovering and our faith is worth questioning. Finally, I believe, as the scripture says, that without vision, the people perish. It is so easy to become bogged down with the daily grind that we forget to dream. The world as it exists today doesn't have to remain the way it is. We get to shape it for better or for worse. And this podcast is an invitation to dream with me as we dare to imagine the world as it could be. A world where justice is embedded in the fabric of our DNA. A world in which everyone has enough, no less. A world in which faith is an instrument of healing and liberation rather than a tool of colonization and oppression. A world in which stories like mine are no longer the exception because we won't need exceptions. Everyone is safe, everyone is free, and everyone is able to realize their fullest, God-given, spirit-infused potential. I share all of this with you so you understand the perspective that I'm laying out in this podcast. I'm not going to sugarcoat things. I'm going to speak frankly and with a sense of urgency because people don't have time to wait for us to figure things out. I'm going to talk about the world that I think is possible. Is that world actually possible? Maybe not. But we can't know the answer until we ask the question. So with that being said, will you join me as I dare to ask, what would it take? Thank you for listening to the What Would It Take podcast. This was a mini episode designed to lay the groundwork for the rest of the season. Please stay tuned for the first full-length episode as we explore the question, what would it take for everyone to be free? Thank you.